good Tuesday evening and welcome to another edition of Love Talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> a good Tuesday evening. Welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Rundown presented to you by the Sideline Junkies. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG sitting in with the incomparable, the ever wonderful, the fantastical, and he can get maniacal when need be, <laughs> the Midnight Rider. What's going on, man? Ain't nothing Checks much, in man. The mail. Checks yeah, in the mail. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to do it right. Got to do it right. Um, man, we've had a lot going on since Sunday. Uh, first and foremost, this needs to be said, and this we said we were gonna make this uh top of the show. Coach Mike Leach, he suffered a medical emergency. I believe that was Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. Um, he went into the hospital, and they said it was a heart attack. And he passed away last night uh, at the age of 61. Um, What's crazy is he's got a bowl game coming up. And he's, man, not going to be able to coach that bowl game, of course. And that's heartbreaking, not only to the family, all the kids he's coached, all the players. Um. Man, Mike Leach is, I hate to throw the word legend around, but he is one. Uh, 158 and 107 overall, 8 and 9 in bowl games. I believe he was going to go 9 and 9 because I think they were going to win that bowl this year. Uh, AFCA Coach of the Year in 2018, George Munger Award and Woody Hayes Trophy in 2008. Two-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year in 2015 and 2018. Big 12 Coach of the Year in, 20, in 2008. Uh, he coached at, as a head coach, he coached at Texas Tech, Washington State, and Mississippi State. <sighs> um, toss it over to you. Your thoughts. He is a genius. He's probably one of the best post-game interviews I've seen. He will say anything and everything at any given time. He was innovative. He was almost too smart for his own good. And the sad thing was, I think, like they're saying that doctors were warning him, and I guess he wasn't listening. And this is kind of how it ended up, which is kind of sad. But I think to know Mike Leach, I think Mike Leach did it his way. He wanted to go out on his own sword. And I think that's kind of how this kind of ends up playing itself out. Um, I mean, the guy is, I mean, he gave you Cliff Kingsbury. He's giving you a lot of just coach guys that are now coaching that are running the air raid system. The air raid system by itself makes him a legend. So he made teams like Washington State and Texas Tech relevant in their conferences when they never were relevant in the conference. Uh, I think that's all I can say. I mean, the man was just um, good at his job, innovative, creative, and um, just a great, great person when it comes to um, answering questions and giving you some answer or some reference that you have to go look up in Google or in a dictionary to figure out what the heck he's talking about. I agree with you. Um, halftime speech. Well, halftime interview that he did, I was watching it early and I said, you know, you forget about things like that. And she, uh, the, the reporter, she asked him, what did he think about the official? He said, you tell me what you think. You watching the same game I'm watching. You, you tell me. And he was known to get into the official's ass. And that was a great comeback and a, a, a great uh, halftime interview. Um, 
going up the tunnel. Uh, he will be missed. Uh, oh, do you remember he said something? His one of his last two games, he took all the chairs from the receivers uh, because they were dropping passes. And he said he apologizes to whoever coaches their kids because he coached a bunch of guys that couldn't catch the football. Yeah, Mike Leach, baby. Dog. He had that dog in him. Yes, sir. I'll, I will say that. Um, he, we, we not, we, you know, when you give people their flowers, you don't focus on the negativity. And a lot, a lot of that, a lot of things that happen over the years are going to be resurfaced and brought up and things going to be said. I think it was a player that hit the transfer portal that had some things to say about him a couple of days ago. And I was like, okay, you're leaving. What? And I, even at that time, I was like, why take a shot at the coach when you're leaving? You know, and I, I don't condone that. That's like walking out of the door of a job and yeah, you're leaving. You have no intention of coming back, but don't take a shot at the person that might have to hire you back. So right. uh, rest in peace to him, condolences and prayers to his family friends players he's coached um and he he's coached a lot i was looking at the i forgot about him at texas tech with kingsbury michael crabtree um mississippi state i'm not i, I think they got some dogs coming out soon as well mm-hmm. so he's he's produced a couple of quite a few nfl players so um this segment coming up right here is brought to you by uh Wait, wait, where's the paperwork? I, I need the paperwork. I can't find the paperwork. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Helen Hunt Motors. <laughs> if you want a great car with low interest rates, go to Helen Hunt for it. All right. So uh, tossing over to the Midnight Rider. Uh, he's in his Natitude era. He asked for this specifically. So I'm going to turn this over to him. Midnight Rider, the floor is yours. All right. So it's been bugging me the last week two weeks that we're in the winter meetings and the nationals have done absolutely nothing so what kind of brought this idea or this thought process on because i just wanted to share with our fans and the people that pay attention to us just kind of the role the nats have taken from winning the world series to becoming one of the worst teams in baseball a one of the biggest things is we have no insight on when the sale is happening if the sale is happening uh, the biggest problem or the biggest hindrance in that sale of the team is the fact that this massing deal that Major League Baseball uh, put as an albatross on this team is now hindering them from being sold in a timely or timely manner um, in an expedited fashion. So that's the holdup right now is that deal trying to figure out how we can get money coming into this program down the road. Part two of the debacle that is this team now. We're rebuilding. We're trying to get draft picks or draft lower to to actually get talent in. Well, the problem now is MLB has instituted a draft lottery. Now, the kicker with this lottery system is you all the teams go in because all the teams are in there now. The Nats came out number two. So they get the second pick this year um, in this draft. Now, the problem is next year's draft, if this team is still horrible, which – based on what they picked up so far, it's probably going to be the case 
Uh, this team, if they're in the bottom of the division again, the best they can pick is sixth based on the way this is set up and the way it's structured. What they've done is they try to make it so teams don't take year back back to back to back years to get talent and, and end up in the first or second spot each of those years. It's a good idea fundamentally, but it just doesn't make sense because baseball doesn't make teams meet a floor when it comes to salaries. So if you're not making me come to a floor on the salary, it doesn't matter where they pick. The the teams like the A's are going to make a bad deal like they made this week um, and took on a bunch of young talent, but they didn't get any quality out of that deal. So that's number two for me. Number three is, I don't know how much you followed the offseason. I'm going to try to keep this kind of short and brief. Um, I wait for the hot stove updates. That's when I follow baseball. I wait for hot stove. Once oh, I hit hot stove, well, I'm well, right there. Well, the only updates you're getting from the Nats is the microwave updates because there's everything is going to be lukewarm or brought to room temps. It's terrible. They went outside and got Trevor Williams, uh, who used to pitch for Pittsburgh and the New York Mets. When he was at the Mets, he was a long reliever. Pittsburgh, he was a starter. Problem is, he's going to end up in their rotation, and that's scary enough for me. He's in the rotation. So we got Trevor Williams in the rotation. We've got Patrick Corbin. And more than likely, you're going to have Gore, Josiah Gray, and um, some combination of Cavalli and the other young guys that they have. So it's just they're not showing me that they're willing to make any effort to be a winning team. Our best offensive player that we signed is some dude, Jalinda Kala. Diario or Calderio, who was with the Tigers two years ago, uh, hit about 215. So I don't know what we're bringing in. We're not bringing in offense. We're not bringing in uh, top-tier pitches or even mid-tier pitches. This guy's low, low-tier pitcher. So to get you ready for free agency, this is what I'm going to tell you. This is the guy. This is the way you know if the player is going to end up with the Nats. If he's coming off an injury and he gets a two-year deal, that short term, he's going to be a net. If he's got potential, but he's never lived up to it, but he had one good season at one time and he's cheap, he's going to be a net. All right. So the one name I'm looking at right now that I think might end up here is a guy by the name of Michael Conforto, who used to play for the Mets. He's coming off an injury. He didn't play at all last year. Uh, I think he hit about 257 and about 15 touchdowns. I mean, 15 home runs the year before. So he's the perfect national. He's got a high ceiling, low floor, and they can spend about $15 million on him at best, and he'll be here for two years where the first year is guaranteed, the second year is an option year, and then if he's hot, they'll trade him midseason. And then we're back on the, the merry-go-round. That's all I got, man. I don't understand where we're going. I don't know the direction. I actually feel bad uh, for Mike Rizzo because he's almost in that Billy Bean situation where um, – the great quote from the movie uh, Moneyball is Billy Bean says the Oakland A's is 30 baseball, I mean, 29 baseball teams is 50 pounds, 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. That's how I feel about the nationals right now. There's 28 other baseball teams. There's 50 feet of crap and it's us and the Oakland A's, but at least Oakland's doing something about it, but we're not done. Well, let me follow up and ask a question. Uh, you, you said something. I was going to ask you about Rizzo, and you say you feel sorry for him. And I was going to wonder, hey, when is it going to be time to 
move on because uh who, who was the gm riggleman was gm before him no it was um bolden, bolden. Was the GM yeah i'm sorry him. i'm sorry i'm sorry bolden you think about um, the manager but you... yeah but here's the thing davy has done he has done as much as he possibly can with this roster every year now mm-hmm. compared to uh that was Riggleman that was winning all the games during the you know second half of the season, that surge and everybody getting excited, and you're gone in the AL uh DS or you're gone in the wild card round, something like that. You know, you win a hundred games and oh yeah, we're gonna do something. You get to the ALCS and then you flame out. When is it gonna be time to say, hey, we got two consistent long ball hitters, everybody else can hit for average and get on base, and all we gotta do is just play quote-unquote billy ball and just play small ball driving runs the old-fashioned way so the problem that rizzo is going to have is like every year they say here's duct tape here's some crazy glue and what's that spray that you the rubber spray fix you uh, yeah the uh uh the seal um yeah flex seal flex seal yeah he gets those three ingredients and they, they say give me a bullpen out of this and so you see them always like they just picked up a kid today. Um, Alex Averly, he used to be in the Texas Rangers system. Uh, again, a guy that was coming off an injury. I think he pitched in last pitched in 2020. Uh, they waved him. We picked him up, put him on our 40 man roster. The kid can throw. He's got potential. This is a typical Nats bullpen guy. He's going to be put in uh, start the season probably as a mid level guy in terms of the the situations they're going to be putting him into. And then if his stuff carries and he pits up, they're going to put him at the end of the bullpen, put him in high leverage. But other than that, yeah, man. Like right now we're shopping we're shopping in the clearance section. Mm. They picked up a kid, um, Ward, from the – I think it was from the Boston Red Sox in the Rule 5 draft. They're going to keep him on the roster. They'll make him a bullpen arm, and they'll try to see what they can get out of that. I mean, that's, what he's, that's what he's left with. That's what he's resorted to. I'm looking at this, 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 this roster. I'm looking at the pitches, the catchers, and they had two catchers here a couple of years ago. You had to sacrifice one to keep the other, and you wound up losing both of them. One, you uh, lost the injury. Kurt Suzuki and Jan Gomes. There you go. And you, I think you lost Suzuki to injury. And no, you they let- both were free agents, and they they let them both go because the problem the Nats have had, or they're trying to fix, is they're trying to bring up their own young catcher. Um, because they 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 haven't technically they haven't developed a catcher besides Brian Snyder. Um, if you know that name, then you've been a Nats fan for a long time. <laughs> but that's the last catcher they developed. All their other catchers they've either signed. So Wilson Ramos was part of a deal for um Matt Caps. He was a um trade deadline deal. So that's how Wilson Ramos got here, and that and then he just exploded. And the only thing that hurt him was he was a poor defender, a but b. He had an ACL tear, and mm-hmm. that's when that just opened up Pandora's box. Now, looking at this team, and if you remember, <laughs> you, you, you're on the same generation as me, so you're old enough to remember. Being a Washington Redskins fan after the Super Bowl, you remember they would put up the Super Bowl photo and all the missing guys that were gone, and yeah. they would show who's still here, and they'd be like, who are these guys? That's how I feel with the Nets right now. Because I'm looking at this I'm looking at this, uh, this roster. Just looking at the pitches, only name that I know on this list, Strasburg, uh, Jordan Weems, um, 
Yeah. You know Josiah. I don't know him either. What? <laughs> wow. Then I'm looking at the at the rest. I'm looking at the position players. Uh, names that jump out at me. Victor Robles. Uh, that's a bad luck guy. That guy, honestly. And Sean Soto. If he doesn't, if he doesn't shatter his wrists diving for a fly ball in Bowie, like the year that they came up, I think that was eighteen or something. Maybe it was seventeen. It's amazing how the world works, man. But Once. this team has no. The problem that they have is there's nobody for the kids, and this is the part we talked about um, during the summer. Maybe it was earlier when we were talking about them not keeping certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, when the kids come to the stadium, there's always a jersey that the kids um, they gravitate to. Whether it was Zimmerman, whether it was Trey Turner, whether it was um, Juan Soto, even Strasburg and Scherzer, there's nobody for these kids to gravitate to, and that's the part I have a problem with. I struggle with because when you're building, we've built for 20 years, almost almost 20 years. So now you got to start bringing that next generation along. And uh, maybe, you know, with the, the Robert Hassels, the James Wood, the Elijah Greens, but that's still another two years wait, at least. The only one that might be here this year is Hassel. And you might get Jeremy De La Rosa, but, I mean, I just don't see both of those being there. So we one or the other. The, the Nats are not going to start doing anything big and, you know, being in competition regularly until they open up the pocketbook. But you know when a team's going through a sale, they never sign any big-name contracts. So if that sale happens, let's say it happens before opening day, that new owner comes in and say, okay, I'm changing all of this. We get ready to go spend some money next summer. Right. You know, we that, gonna, we have to be the next winter. Right. What so next what winter, see, no, you're fine. No, what you'll see, though, is we're middle of December, so probably the first part of January, those guys that missed out on thinking they would get that big deal, they may fall to the next. That's where we're going to start shopping at. That's why I say the clearance, the clearance aisle. Okay. We're going to keep an eye on that. But something else we need to keep an eye on. We're moving over to College Park. Terps men's and women's basketball. Men's uh, will be hosting number 16 UCLA tomorrow at, uh, damn, the Xfinity Center. It feels weird saying that. I'm so used to saying Cold Field House. Or at least Comcast, and it just feels weird. But first time in 40 years, the Bruins come to College Park. Last time they were here, Lefty sent them home crying with a one-point win. Uh, that was Merlin with the one-point win. Um, the women, they played Connecticut back on Sunday. Number 15 in the country, 85-78 win over number nine, Connecticut. They have Fort Wayne, Cupcake, hopefully. At 11 a.m. tomorrow morning, I might actually catch that. Uh, The men play in College Park, like I said, tomorrow at uh, 9 p.m. And the the men that locally, they 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 don't they doing a damn thing. Hold on, messing up here. Tablet messing up. They are. What are the men? Come on, man! You killing me now? Smoke. Are they like ten and two or? They haven't eight lost. And two. They're okay. eight and two. Eight and two. And they haven't lost many. Um, 
I thought Georgetown had a better record than what they had, but Georgetown's five and six, and I didn't even know that. Who's the other four teams they beat? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hater. No, it's not hate, dog. I've watched this team. I watched Georgetown play. Name hater. I'm sorry. I I'm not even a I'm not a person that's like people say, oh, I'm I'm a basketball purist. I'm not a purist. But I mean, when I watch Georgetown play, I cringe. I almost want to cry. Like I, I feel bad for Pat. Like I want to send like like a, a edible bouquet of uh, fruit or something to his office just to just to give him a pick me up. Like yo, it's okay, man. Um, it'll be better days when you gone and you sitting on the beach with the family because mm, I just don't see it. Okay. I can just deliver that. I was just up there. Uh, what was that? Yesterday I was just up there. I was just yeah. up on the campus. Um, the women are nine and three. They beat the Maryland's seven. Women. Maryland's women are nine and three. Uh, Brenda Freeze. I, I don't. I don't think she gets enough credit. This woman coached when she was got on pregnant. She is a machine. I love Brenda Freeze. I really do. I love Brenda Freeze. She's been here since. Damn, she's been here twenty years. Mm-hmm. Twenty years. And only one championship, and that was in 2006. Uh, two-time co- AP Coach of the Year, 2002 and 21. ESPN's National Coach of the Year in 21, as well as, well as the Athletics National Coach of the Year in 2021. She is – I'm close to putting her in the same breath with the great Pat Summit, the great Gino Oriema, uh, 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 Muffet McGraw. I, um, Shit, Dawn Staley is, is is approaching that air if she's ain't if she's not already. I think Dawn Staley's already there because she's turned South Carolina into a powerhouse. I believe Merlin's a powerhouse. Merlin's one of those big schools on the women's side that you look for to be in no less than the elite eight every year. Yeah, and, when I come up, they're one of my eight in, in my bracket nine times out of ten. You're right. Um, so it, I think when I think about freeze, I I I compare her. To um, what's my guy in Miami? Um, Eric um, Spolstra. Okay, yeah. I don't know why I'm losing I missed his name. Um, Eric Spolstra. She's like one of those coaches that they're very good. They they get the most out of their talent. Uh, because I watched them against South Carolina, and I when I came away from that game, um, even though I know better, I know you're not the same team in November that you're going to be in March. But when I left that ball game. Oh, enough watching that ball game. I was like, Freeze got a big job ahead of her. And it looks like she's recovered and, and they're doing things and she's, you know, play, pushing the right buttons. But I would love to see this team. I'm going to try to make it a point to watch them in January, see where they are, and then catch them again in March because I'm big on that that arc that teams naturally take. I say we all squad up and go down Xfinity Center and just catch a game. I, I, I say might be we- it. We may have to squad up and go do that. So, shout out to the teams in our backyard, the Maryland Terps, men and women. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, and I, I just got a I got a f- funny feeling this is gonna be one of the magical Maryland men's runs that nobody's expecting, and it's gonna it's gonna be the start of something great. So I have to give Willard credit. Like I f- I feel like he's done enough to turn the culture a little bit. It's not a full culture change, but you see, a, there's a difference when I watch this team play basketball. 
So, and I've noticed it a couple times when I'm watching them. There's there's a, there's a more there's more of Northeast dog to their game, uh, a, a little grit. That's the word I'm looking for. There's, there's a little more grit to their game than I'm used to seeing from uh, the last couple of Terps teams. And part of that might be the Turgeon effect. But, I mean, I'm not going to dog the guy because he's not here anymore. But there's just a difference. And there's a difference when you got those East Coast-minded coaches like him and Gary, Willard and Gary. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to say this. Mark Turgeon had a nearly impossible task. The same way Craig Estrick had an impossible task, uh, Bob Wade had an impossible task, Bill Guthridge. Bill Guthridge. Anytime you're following behind a legend, Bob Wade came behind Lefty. Uh, Craig Escher came behind Big John. Uh, Turgeon became, came behind Gary Williams. And you win in this town, your status is elevated. And anytime you come behind those guys, you got a big job to fill. And sometimes the pressure is too much. I thought Turgeon was good for this program because he opened up a lot of doors that Gary had closed off, especially the, the, the AAU thing. You know, dealing with AAU coaches and things like that. Cause and Gary wanted to flood players from Baltimore and everything, but dealing with AAU, which I feel has ruined college basketball, is ruined basketball, period. Because it's a year-round thing and it's just a cash grab. I don't like AAU, not one bit. Bring back rec leagues. Okay. So if you live in a neighborhood, you play in the rec league, bring back rec leagues for every age, all the way up into high school. But Turgeon. He 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 did what he could, and that was good. Turgeon's the perfect example of being the victim of the pandemic. Um, because I think if that team finishes out, that team probably gets uh just based on what I can think of their ability that ability of that team, I think they would have been at least sweet 16, maybe even elite eight. And that that would have bought him time, and then that would have helped the machine keep moving. Uh, I think it's very underrated. Like when you lose a season, people don't see the ramifications from that lost season. And and I think he paid one of the biggest prices for that happening. Well, it's a, we can go into Maryland basketball for the longest. I know my mother watching, she she she's enjoying that. Love love talking about Maryland basketball. But one thing we ain't gonna talk about, we ain't gonna talk about no tall heels. So we're gonna keep it moving with the caps. <laughs> we staying local. Um, hashtag all caps, or as Junie says, wait, wait, wait. Come, come on. He called the time. Oh. That's what, that's for your mom right there. Carolina, baby. I'm sorry. I ain't mean to, um. We coming up on 30 years. hmm And I have yet to get over that. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, mm. I can't, believe, can't believe you just did that. <laughs> mm, mm. And I didn't catch it until mm. hashtag all caps so as Junie says rock the red. Um the caps are looking capish. They're doing they 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 are being they, they I can't say they're capping, so they 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 they're capitaling. Um they won Sunday five to two over the Winnipeg Jets. They got the Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago tonight at nine. Uh, they are 12, I'm mean, sorry, 14, 12, and four, and they're playing a 7, 15, and four 
uh, Blackhawks team. I know you had something to say about them. What you got? So they're four and zero in their last. They're four and zero coming into this ball game, or this match, I should say. Um, but the the biggest key to this whole thing is one person, and it's not going to be who you think. If I tell, I had to tell you this one cap that made the biggest impact in this stretch, what you going to say? Uh, Ben is though I haven't been watching. I'm gonna go off the top of my head. It's not Ovi. You're right. Would it be Oshi? There you go. So what happened was TG Oshi gets back in the lineup about six games ago, and I think they're either five zero and one or five and one in those six games. But Oshi is the key of this whole thing. He is the glue. Now if they could ever find um, something to get Yevgeny Knetsov to play to his ability, you can't be the the second best. Not even the second best because honestly. He's probably the most talented player on this team, but he just doesn't play to his ability. Um, they pick up a strong. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, he's Dylan Strom has been great. Uh, he's been cleaning up the pucks, doing everything. Um, that, that line with Nick Dow and company, they're doing their job. The, the only thing, and, and then the beauty of the Caps, and if you ever get a chance, when you just don't, don't do it now, but the Caps are one of the teams that are, just goaltender rich. Like they just they just find goaltenders. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's about. Um there, there's probably right now, if you look across the league, there's probably at least seven goalies that have ties to the caps that are playing for other teams. And what they did this all season, um, picking up the the guy from Colorado and their backup um goldminder, uh Lindgren, um, stroke a genius, and it's actually working out because Lindgren's playing right now because um i can't think i, I don't want to pronounce the colorado goalie name wrong it's like um i don't even want to pronounce it. i ain't even gonna try Cooper, something like that we cool <laughs> we in the neighborhood he the starter he the main guy but he's out with an injury and lindgren has been playing good good hockey right now and i think they're gonna win the night um and it's just one of those things where it just shows you sometimes there's this guy and he's the guy that makes everything work like the second you just put him in, he's like the monkey wrench, the island wrench, um, the 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 um, I don't know the 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 the, the, the screwdriver, the Phillips head, whatever. Like the Swiss, Army the Swiss Army knife. That's the word I was trying to get to. He's the Swiss Army knife of this ball club, and I think T.J. Oshie is the most. No disrespect to Ovi, no disrespect to Ovi. But I think in terms of just keeping this team together and keeping the lines intact, um, oh, she's the guy. And then now we're coming up on time. It's December now, so we should be getting Tom Wilson back here in the next couple of weeks too. So that's going to make it even better. Like they have enough guys that are hurt that are coming back that it's almost going to feel like they made a trade at the deadline and picked up some extra players. I'm, I had to pull out the, the trusty book. I said, I'm sitting here and I'm looking. I'm like, I got to show the Midnight Ride. I got to bring a name since we're talking about the Caps. I'm bringing a name from the from the past, former team captain. Oh, Connor Walter, number 22. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's one of, uh, one of my – this is this is actually uh, Connor Walter's rookie card. Okay. That's his rookie card. I got his rookie card, and I think I got uh, Yami Yaga's rookie card as well. So I, I keep all of them. Now, this is the um, first 
First time in about 25 years, 26 years, this card's been out the book. All right. I think I know the last name is Juno. I think it's Joey Juno. Um, that was their up and coming hot shot they had for a little while. He had a decent career, but that used to be my guy. Yeah, Connor Wallchuck and Adam Oates was my guy. Adam yeah. Oates was, was was but you know, I, I love goalie play. When it comes to hockey, always been a goalie fan. Because it seems like you a good goalie, you get all the attention. Like only the goalie. Olaf Kozik was my man. Um God, I can't think of the guy. Ah man, he was here. Uh Oli was 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 uh Kozik was training him. God, what was his name? He came down from Hershey. Shit. Got a number? Uh doing a Stanley Cup run. You talking about uh, um Brayden Hopi? Hopi. That's who it, the Hope Beast. He had a run for like four years with man. I was calling the radio station after every Caps game. Did you see Hope Beast? Like, did you see him? He was standing on his head. Like, dude, what? The only you said, all right. So, if we break the fourth wall or the third wall, whatever wall it is, you were talking earlier about um, Caps players, um, and you kind of dogged my man Backstrom out. I didn't appreciate you saying that. I wasn't like he's not a top tier guy. I wasn't. Dog- I wasn't saying dogging you, him. You, you dogged him. Y'all said I dogged uh, uh, Sidney Crosby too. We were cheating. Okay, this Sidney Crosby for whatever oh, it is, oh, he's still going to be one of the top. Like if his era, he's he's either one or two. He's he, a hero he, rescue. Here's the context. No, no, hold on, hold on. Let me finish before you. I know your context. I get it, but I'm not. It's this is what I was going to say. Is I think what hurt the caps in that stretch that you're talking about from Boudreaux, Oates, and whomever else was the coaches before we got here. Um, their biggest problem was they didn't concentrate enough on defense. Like they had Mike Green, but their other defenders, the defensemen. We're okay. Then, of course, you get um, – uh, why am I drawing a blank on his name right now? 73. Whatever. But you've got guys that have come along in that stretch. But, like, early on in their run when they were puppies, one, they were partying all the time. And, two, they just didn't have the defensemen to keep the other team off their goalie. So their goalies had to stay on their head. Mm-hmm. And even in this run, the run with Hopi, like they got some lucky breaks. Yeah. And that's what one of the championships is all about is getting the breaks. And because these are the breaks. <laughs> break it up, break it up, break down. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing, here's the context. I got on Sidney Cross because we were talking about overrated players. Right. And a gentleman put out his list of overrated players. He had uh Derek Jeter, Penny Hardaway, Chris Paul, um, Eric Lindros. Eric Lindros and Joe Namath. Right. I didn't agree with any of them. I said Blake Griffin, Devin Booker. Uh, Blake Griffin, Devin Booker. Who? Hold on. Hold on. I got it right here because I can't remember. So, so I think, see, the problem with you, and I'm and I can say this because you know, we're on the show together. But your your thing is you're a historian. So you're always gonna pull out the historical context. Out of everything, like you, t- like I, I listened to you earlier. I was like, "Oh, he's bringing up the S haunts." 
Like he was getting there because he was like talking about the the, the greatest game and, and how Joe Willie Namath was like standing on the shoulders of Johnny Unitas and everybody from the greatest game in, in 1958. And he made the AFL legitimate. And that's but yeah. But like nobody, like I think the bad part about Joe, and I think this is part of the gift and the curse of fame is you don't talk about anything else about Namath besides 68. Well, no, no, no. Most no, no, people no, no. don't talk about it. Let's be honest. Be honest. Oh. No, no, no. Come on, historian. They, Most people don't talk about it. You know what I talk about with Namath? The first to throw for 4,000 yards. Okay. But one of the most prolific passers of all time, the most devastating connection. Whoa. It, one, at, the, at the time, the most Whoa. devastating connection was Maynard to Hudson. I'm sorry. Name it the Maynard was the most devastating. Uh, so you're uh, disrespecting United to Hudson? Hold on, United to uh, DeBerry, United to all. They blew them out the water because they passed more. Okay. At one point in time, they had surpassed them. Everybody else had to catch up to them and pass them. Then you had Rice. I mean, uh, Montana to Rice, then Young to Rice, and then it was uh, who, who, who we got uh, Manning to Harrison. You know, it's so many different ones. But at one point in time. The most lethal combination, Joe Namath to Don Maynard, Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. They had one busted play in nine years, and that was Joe Namath's first game. So, again, like I, I'm going to say to you, because you are the historian of the group, that list doesn't work for you. No. I always, I mean, Chris Paul is probably one of the best point guards in the history and the lexicon of, but when the playoffs come, there's a hamstring, there's a groin, there's a cuticle. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, I don't want to disrespect his competitiveness, but Chris Paul ain't always there, if you know what I mean. Like, he, he might have heart. No. But he got some absence. That, that, that's, where I, that's where I draw the line with Chris Paul. That's why I can't put him. Everybody be like, oh, he the greatest point guard ever. No, he's not. No, he's not. He just misses a lot of games, and it's always in the important time of the year. I don't care if my arm was hanging off. I wasn't. I'm not missing Game Seven to put out Dag on Golden State. I'm not missing that. You missed that. You cost your team that. And then I'm. I mean, I'm not going to go on the rest of this because that's content for the summer when when it gets slow. Because I'm. A, you, you're going to get annoyed with me when I say that I still agree with number five being on the list. But I'm already annoyed with you when he said it. I was like, <laughs> that's why he sent it to me. So moving right along. Yes, sir. We got a primetime matchup coming. Of course, we got to do it because we're talking about it. Primetime matchup, Sunday night. Oh, gosh. You, you know what it's got to be. Left hand up. Who are we? Commanders. Got to do it because we're talking about it now. Here's some good news. St. Juice is working his way back to being able to play Sunday. Chase Young is looking like he's going to play Sunday. We calling all the dogs out. They want to feel... FedEx to the point where there's no giant fans in that building. And I'm loving the way the fan base is rallying around this team. I'm loving the way the team is rallying around the fan base. It's just, it feels good. It hasn't been this electric this late in the season where we're above 500 in years. It's always some sort of run we have to go on. We kind of sort of control our own destiny. (laughs) 
Go ahead, ask Hoy. You know you want to ask Hoy. <laughs> well, I guess we need a hero. You need a tarantula. You need a dog. Oh my god. This this is this is just it feels good right now. So it does. I give you that. What's the line for the for, for Sunday so far? I haven't I haven't got I, I don't do that yet. I oh, take you it one day at a time. See, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. So, so technically, KG, I'm still still even though we didn't play this week, I'm still on well, we did Sunday or would have done Sunday, and then like Wednesday is my day to start. Like I'm just like the team. Like I Wednesday, we start focusing on the next opponent. You know what I'm saying? I'm working towards next week, but right now, mm-mm. well, it's I, mean, I can hold on. Let me see if I can, because you know I got like you just tell me the book you want, and I got you. I know well, we always say faithful to Fanduel, of course, for the for the show. So, because you know Fanduel, one day Fanduel gonna call him like, hey, sponsor that show, okay? I'm gonna have to reach out to Fan. Hey, we get our line from y'all. Y'all want to sponsor Sunday show? Uh, they want to do an update. Hold on, let me just go to to the backup. Everything want to do an update right about now. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And they um, all want to do it at once. My iPad, my tablets, man. I'm like, good grief. But let's let's get to this game because it's um I've been hearing a lot of talk, and because you're um a Doc Walker disciple. Yes, I'm from Neanderthal Nation. Right, Neanderthal Nation. Um. The place where all we need is a hero to come along. Um, when it comes to this this week, or as we've been talking about this week, are are you getting frustrated with some of the coverage because it feels like everybody's doing the scenarios beyond Sunday? Yes, like we're talking about we're not talking about Sunday enough, and, I, and maybe that's because it's a bye week and you don't have that game to wrap up, mm-hmm. so you're reaching for content. So, for you, like, what is KG focusing on thinking about right now as, you know, Commander Kevin leading his battalion to to, to, to this next week's game? And, like, what, what what's the things you're focusing on? What are you – like, what is something that you've looked at and you're like, this is something that we got to either do different, do better? Like, is there something that sticks out to you with this matchup with this New York t- team this time around? Tendency breakers. Okay. New York, New York knew on first down we were going to run the ball. They they had us paid every first down that we were going to run the ball. Now, New York wants them to go smash mouth, so does Washington. It's, it, the, the NFC, what was called last year, the NFC least, is now the NFC beast. It's back to the black and blue division. We know that. First game, see, this is what I this is what I'm focused on. This is what I and I understand it's a bye week, but I would have had everybody in yesterday. Look, this is what we're doing. First play of the game. As soon as we get the ball, we're gonna play out. Right. So so slow down the end of the nation. Think about it. So what Ron did was he traded, and this is this is this is when coaches know their players. So he traded his Monday for their Tuesday. So normally you come in Monday, but you get off Tuesday. In a normal situation, mm-hmm. but instead he gave the guys Monday off so they could all get back in town without having a rush, and then come in Tuesday and do what their normal Monday is. So it actually, when you're being a players' coach and you're you're taking care of the team, sometimes you got to take care of the team. 
You know what I'm saying? Get, I understand where you're coming from. You know, I, you 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 dragging your knuckles and you writing the hieroglyphics. But um, sometimes you gotta just get a guy's like sometimes like Brian Mitchell says it the best because he was talking. He even does this when he talks about the, the organization and, and the fan base. He's like sometimes you gotta give people something and make them feel like they're getting something for it. It might not be anything, but you, you're giving them something. And I think that's what Ron specializes in. And, and I said this when like I, when he got hired, I spent I did a deep dive on the Carolina um, prom video special when they went through the season with him. And when I watched the thing, I said, Ron will, is the kind of guy. By episode three, I was ready to run through a wall. Um, I was ready to go in somebody's house, um, kick the food off their counter. You know what I'm saying? Sleep with their wife and pat them on the back and say good day. You know what I'm saying? I was ready for all that. And and I say all of that to say that I think Ron's one of those guys that he knows the buttons to push. You know what I'm saying? And the bad thing for him is, him is he doesn't push those buttons until October. So you get behind the eight ball in September, but still going forward. So the one thing I focused on in this whole stretch was um, what are we doing offensive line-wise? Mm. That's my question. Well, my, Tyler Lawson has I've been moved Cosme, to IR. I've seen Cosme. I've seen um, Spicer at guard. I've seen Turner at guard. Like, what's the answer? What are we doing? And I think that's going to be our key and our focus. If we can get that squared away, um, and I think Sunday becomes a better thing. And I think we got to take some things from Philly because Philly kind of hit them over the head early mm-hmm. in some situations. And, I mean, you got Terry McLaurin. You got you got Jahan Dotson. You got Curtis Samuel. And for the love of me, for the love of me, for the love of God, if it works, tell Scott, don't turn the page. Like you can stay on that page. You can call it more than once. It's okay. I know you're up there with the with the wheel of fortune joint, you spinning the wheel, but sometimes just stay on page two. Page two ain't been bad to you sometimes, son. That's all I got on that, man. Well, you said something that I that I was going to touch on. Look at what uh, 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 Philly did. Philly exposed the Giants a little bit. Seventeen carries for Miles Sanders, one forty-four and two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts seven carries, seventy-seven yards, uh, 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 one touchdown. Boston Scott six for thirty-three and a touchdown. Daniel Jones. They even brought in Tyrod Taylor to run. I'm sorry, Tyrod Taylor to run two for forty. Saquon, bottled up 28. I don't think so. Okay, good for him. Good for him. Clap it up. And But Terod Taylor came in, was 5 for 5, 47 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's when by, by that point, the game was over. The game was over. That was garbage time, yeah. but I get it. Um, The key to this, dedicate a man to Daniel Jones. I've been saying that for two and a half years now because every time he runs – He's like Peyton Man. Nobody expects him to run. Then all of a sudden he gets out there, and this dude fast as a gazelle would look like because nobody can catch him. Nobody's paying attention to him. Me personally, I'm sorry. There's no slight against Daniel Jones. I don't know the dude personally. Um, me personally, I, if I'm playing linebacker, safety, line, I don't care. I see Daniel Jones take off. My first instinct is to knock his damn block off. Okay. That's my first instinct. If he slides, he slides. He gave himself up. But I'm not trying to let him get out to gain a first down. See, that's the things they need to work on. 
containment of, of a running quarterback. You need to work on that. And this dude's not that fast, so it shouldn't be that hard. He's he's not. He, he Maybe he's quicker. All right, you know what? I'll give him the West Walker comp. He's quicker than fast. He's quicker than fast. Those things work, man. I'm telling you, that's the thing. Like, if, if when I was in shape, and I, if I, I'd have been quicker than fast. <laughs> but I'm telling you, Daniel Jones gets to his destination. And when you think about it, you're like, yo, this dude, you, if you look at it. I mean, the, the best joint is the run where he stumbles over his own feet. Yeah. He falls down. Yeah. And he's like 50 yards behind everybody. Mm hmm. And, and they like, what happened? And then, yeah, he tumbles. Like, yeah. And see, that's the problem. That's what the defense is doing too much of. Oh, God. They, 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 they doing too much of what is happening instead of what's happening. You know, we living in this atomic age, as moms maybe used to say, and y'all, you ain't with it. Right. So, you know, that's the problem. But I things like that and watching that Philly game, watching that tape, see what Philly did. See what everybody that beat the Giants did. Then go look at the tape of every game that the Giants won and what they did well. Start taking away what they like to do. So that's my focus. So it's I, I haven't seen the reports this week. Um, but I know Saquon's been battling some injuries. So that might be a plus if he doesn't go. The other problem I have is um it's not even a problem, but can Heineke be that guy in this situation? Cause you wanna, I mean, can't cause Yes, you did it with they did it with Hurts, but Haneke ain't Hurts. So can can he step up? And this is the thing I think um for me there's always been the running issue is like Haneke can get you 20, he can get you 17. But like sometimes you gotta step that up. Sometimes it's gotta be 24, sometimes it's gotta be 31. And are you doing the things to get us to 24 and 31? Can you do it consistently? Because there's a lot of receivers that are missed. And I see people saying, oh, the offensive coordinator, but the offensive coordinator ain't overthrow Logan Thomas mm -hmm. on that corner route. Like, that's the part that bothers me the most. Like, as a guy that, you know, like you, you've you coached sports and you watch it and you know you got the game plan and you got it drawn up right. And then, you know, the kid just flubs the play or they make the mistake. And it's like everybody's like, oh, that was a terrible call. Eh, it wasn't a terrible call. It's just we didn't execute. And I think sometimes we don't understand that execution is the key to excellence. It's true. One thing I learned a long time ago, and I've I've studied great quarterback play my whole entire life. And, you know, I was taught from an early age about the Namus, the Unitas, you know, all the way up to the Elways and the Montanas and everything. One thing Johnny Unitas used to always say that they put erases on a pencil for a reason when you make a mistake. Only problem is our mistakes cost us six points. Right. At least he's not throwing pick sixes. At least right. he's not he's not turning the ball over. Yes, he's overthrowing players. Got to settle down. Got to bring it down, settle down. And this is – I hope this is the game where he settles down and he has a terrific game, a monster game. I don't even want this to be the best game of the season for him. I'm waiting for the playoffs for that. If I can dare utter that word, God, I didn't mean to utter that. Because this is when I go into that band of saying the P word. So that's the last time you'll hear me say it. But. So so when, if they win Sunday, your emotions or your thought process is what? Focus on next week. 
focus on the next game. It's, it's nothing else that can be said, can be done. Focus uh, on the next I'm, game. I'm about to love this. Go ahead. So if they lose next week, what's the focus? Focus on the next game. Um, did both teams play hard? Huh? Did both teams play hard? Both teams, got, they got to play hard. Because see, the thing I'm is. I'm with you. That's the old um, Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> that's his throwaway answer. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Or the Marshawn Lynch. Because that's what I felt like I was getting from you. I was getting no, no. speak. No, no, no. You're, gonna, you're on the Cincinnati, in the words of Bill Belichick. Here's you're on the Cincinnati. After this, and I'm not looking forward. I'm just going through the schedule. After nah, this game, you got three games. Right. You got the Niners, then two home games against the uh, Browns and the, and the Cowboys. Right. Here's the problem. The Niners are on Christmas Eve. The Niners are hot. Right. They, 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 and now we can figure out Brock Purdy and shut down Christian McCaffrey, and we can beat the Niners again, okay. The Browns are a shit show. But every time we play the Browns and they're a shit show, they beat us. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go – Shit show is a little bit too far um, because now you're looking at a guy that. Okay, stinky doo-doo heads. Right. Okay, I, I get where you're going with that. But, no, you're looking at a guy, Deshaun Watson, that now he's week, he's four weeks in to him actually playing football. So maybe some things get knocked off. Uh, the question becomes, is your left tackle and your right tackle good enough to keep Miles Garrett from being on Taylor Haneke or Carson Wentz's back the whole time? You know how you you know how you nullify that? You gonna run the ball? You gonna say run the ball? Mm-mm, quick! If you gonna pass, quick pass. Don't drop back to get something to develop, because you gonna be looking out your ear hole every time. The boy has to take those steps because he can't see, and he can't throw. Like it's, I don't know. Roll him out. Do something. But then Shit. when you roll, you're taking half the fill away from him. <laughs> Do something. You got my Miles Garrett is a dog. And I was hoping that he he went and played basketball too. Cause I, I like watching him play basketball. But we looking too far ahead. Mm-hmm. But focus on this in this game, and they have to beat the Giants. This is a must-win game. And I hate using must-win, but it's a must-win game because you got to knock the Giants down as far as you can. The 49ers game. Is a must-win game. The Cowboys game. We got three out of four must-win games, and I really feel like we need to win out for the rest of the year. If they right, go, so, if they so win four like, games and give me my eleven, I'm happy. I understand that. That you see, I don't. I'm not there. So here's where I am. It's two and two. Two and two is the bare minimum. That's like the perfect C um, on a test. Because if you get two, I think nine. This team being nine, seven, and one. Puts them in a better position. Hold on. I'm not, this ain't candy coated dreams. You know what I'm saying? This ain't candy rain. I'm just telling you that we, we, we gotta, we gotta, for me, the minimum. And this is what I'm, this is what I mean too. It's the minimum. It's two and two. Like that's where you're, that's your, it's not your apex, but like that's your barometer. That's where you can be and you still kind of control your destiny. But the way you get to that two and two, matters also so that has to be at least a win against um new york maybe you lose the the next one to the 49ers it's a possibility i'm just 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 bear with me and then you got to beat the browns because those two then make it easier for you going into the last week of the season to not have to worry about too much like you're most time you're in control of your situation in that in that part of it because I feel like here's what's going to happen. Seattle doesn't have a running back anymore because 
unless something mir- miraculous happens and Mr. Miyagi goes in the locker room and smacks his hands on um, Kenneth Walker's leg, then he may not be back for two or three weeks. So that's going to hurt them because that's what they ran through. And now, unless and if Gino says, you know, he finds the book um, and he didn't get written off and he plays better, then yeah, that's the case. We can get that. But again, those are the things that playing in their favor. You know what I'm saying? Um, the 49ers with Purdy at quarterback, at some point we might get a book on this kid, and maybe that book becomes the end of his the run he's gonna have or the run he could have. So there are things in our that are in play that can help us, but again, I'm just focusing on like here's the bare minimum. If we can get the nine, because I honestly believe this is the race to nine. But the only problem you have is Detroit Lions. Detroit is on a run right now. I don't know if they going if that that bus is or that train is going to go off the tracks. And that's the that's the scary part of this. And then now that Jameson Williams is back, woo, woo, hoo, hoo. Mm-hmm. It, it, it gets it gets real interesting for the Commanders in that stretch because they own the tiebreaker because they beat you in week two. Yeah. And here's my thing. This is why I shook my head at nine. And Keefe from the block will tell you this. He was like, man, we can go. This is before the expansion of the schedule. We can go 10 and six. I said, dog, I'm tired of 10 and six. I'm tired of nine and seven. I'm tired of eight and eight. I grew up going 11 and five, 12 and four, you know, 14 and two. That's what I grew up. We haven't won more than 10 games in a season in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Ain't you tired of going 10 and 6? Ain't you tired of going 9 and 7 or 9 and 8? Ain't you tired of going 9, 7 and 1 or 8 yeah. and 8? 8, but, but 7 you know, and 1? Like, all right, but here's, here's the thing. I got I to gotta be pragmatic and live in the moment. The moment is we're coming off of two seasons where we've only won seven. Tw- we won seven twice. Mm-hmm. Before that, you had 8, 7 and 1 with Jay Gruden. You had a, 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 a 9 and 7. So so right now, I got I'm not worried about history i don't need to write the book i don't need to rewrite the books to make the books seem better or i need to get in because right now the whole key is getting in and then doing damage so we get in a 971 i'm there's no crying the river here i'm good with it okay you know i'm just saying like i trust me if if i could have my way we were getting 10 but right now the focus is getting in the playoffs. That's it. The second season. You know that's what I'm saying? It. And that's and that's just how I see it. We gotta get to the second season first before we do everything else. Okay. So we'll talk more about that come Sunday morning into Sunday evening. We're not but, doing Thursday? Oh, of course. But I mean, we're gonna talk about it Thursday too. You want you, you nah, wanna, I'm messing with you, man? I'm messing <laughs> with you. You wanna do it Thursday too? Nah, like nah, I'm messing leftovers, man. People gonna get tired of it. <laughs> now, let's talk about the Wizards of Gallery Place. Oh, see what I did there. I like that. For those that uh don't know, Wizards of Waverly Place. So, Nicola, uh, what, is, what, is, what is Wizards of Waverly Place on? What was that, Nick? Oh, Disney, Channel. Disney Channel. Disney Channel. Okay. Disney Channel. Yeah, yeah. What what are the Wiz kids? The Wiz kids <laughs> are struggling. Yeah, they lost to the Nets. On yep. yesterday, 112 to 110. Clippers on Saturday, 114, 107. Pacers on Friday, 121, 111. 
My Bulls on Wednesday of last week, 115-111. What is that? That's four losses already. Lakers blew them out, 130-119. That's five. Six with the Hornets. Lost to the Nets again. That's seven. But they beat the Timberwolves, 142-127. to 127. The Wizards have not won in the month of December. Yeah, it's a lot to say about that. Um, And I, I wanted to talk about the Wizards because I wanted to hear what you had to say. So Kyle right. Kuzma says he wants out. He wants to test free agency. He wants to be gone because he has to have $20 million a year. And I say that's just a dumb assessment. Like, I understand valuing yourself, but, dog, this is the best position for you because you can be covered up by guys that know how to play. Even I'm not saying that. he can't play. He started what? that. Hmm? See, see that. See, see what people forget about being number three with LeBron is being number three with LeBron puts you in the outhouse and in the shadows. And then coming here before Porzingis got here, he felt like he was two. Then my man tried to double down, and some point he was in the post game interview. I think he dropped like thirty, and he was like, "Yeah, I've been telling coach all year, you got to run the offense through me." The dude ain't been right since he 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 wore the slinky sweater. I'm I'm just telling you. Ever since the pink slinky sweater, he ain't been right. He ain't been no good. So, um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna take it back further. Kylie Jenner. Ever since Kylie, he just ain't been right. You know what I'm saying? Kardashians ruined black men, and she ruined that black man. But to be honest with you and be be truthful, I think the Wizards. I have a bigger problem with the Wizards. Um, and it comes down to their ability to draft players and develop players because you have Kispert, you have Hachimura, even though he's hurt. Um, you got Johnny Davis and you got Denny Avia. And the dude right now that's saving your bacon is some kid named Goodwin that you got on the two way contract who's been balling out. And he's actually been more impactful than any of the four. Of course, I know Rui's on the sideline in dress clothes, but still, that's a problem. That bothers me to the highest of any level of bothering somebody. Like that's more annoying than like scratching the chalkboard. I I I I don't get that. I don't like that because that tells me we have a problem somewhere way beyond picking players. We have a problem evaluating players, picking players, and developing players. And those are the three most important phases of this ball game. And if you can't get anything, and I said this also when they were down a player and Anthony Gill was getting minutes as opposed to those your three first-round picks, that's a problem. I got a huge problem with that. Porzingis is banged up this today, I guess. Um, Brad has something. So it's, it's – I don't know, man. I, I don't know what this team it's, – it's like it's – like, Capital One Arena Syndrome? I don't know. Like I expect so much more, but I'm not getting any of that from them. How do you? How do we fix this, KG? I'm dead serious, man. Like if if I could, I would like put my computer so I could lay down. Like I'm in a psychologist's office because um, even though I'm not a, a Wiz fan, but I love for DC Sports to be relevant, and I just don't understand what's going on with this team. And I you think Cal Kuzma's comments about wanting the 20 million and worrying about that now, like it speaks to a high level because now are we really in this for each other? 
Like, are we are we fighting in the in the same foxhole? Are we fighting the same war? And I'll leave it at that. Let me say this. I had to clear my throat there. Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Bill, Porzingis. That is a good big three. All you have to do is build around that. Looking at their roster, <clears throat> you have uh, Denny Advia. You have Monte Morris. You have uh, Corey Kispert. You even have Daniel Gafford, Taj Gibson. I'm like, why y'all not running things? I always have high hopes for these Wizards teams. My high hopes for these Wizards teams always cost me food. I owe the boss BJ breakfast, lunch, and dinner a couple of times over at College Park Diner because of this Wizards team. You have to, you need guys that's going to play. Coaching staff is solid. You know, you got Wes Unsell Jr., who was my pick for this, my pick for this team. I said he was going to do good. On the bench, you have Mike Miller and James Posey, former players. You don't have the talent. Why don't you? Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson. This is not the same Taj. This is not serving Dwayne Wade the DNB sandwich in Chicago, Taj. When the trade deadline comes, they have to be players. They have to be buyers. So then you're saying um Kyle Kuzma gotta go. No, you try to keep That's that. Your only that's but your see, chip. Here's the thing. Even if you're trading guys for second round picks, I don't care. You you, you got to do something. I thought Gafford was going to be way better than what he was. Because when he got here last year. I'm talking about Doritos. <laughs> talking about Doritos. When he got here last year, he, he was balling. He was playing very, very well, very enthused. And I love the, 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 the combination of him and Montrez Harrell. So, so I think, so I, all joking aside, I think his biggest problem is um, he doesn't have a chemistry with Morris and your second guard off the bench. Like maybe when Barton comes back, maybe that helps him out. Um, but he doesn't have that person that's feeding him. Like Russ used to feed him. Like um, Ish Smith would actually help him out in a lot of situations because he can't create his offense. No, so he's a he's he he's a person that either he's got to clean the glass. And get a rebound, or he's got to get a lob in a in a pick and roll situation. You you know who who Daniel Gafford has to be. Minus the Jerry curl, he has to be Michael King. Okay, I thought you were going to AC Green, but okay. No, no, minus the Jerry curl, he has to be Michael Cage. For those that don't know, they used to call him the Windex Man because all he did was clean the glass. Right, clean the glass, offensive board, put it back. That's what that's what he has to live. You want to create offense. Change who you are. Yeah, you were the dog in, in high school. You may have been a dog in college, but you're in the NBA right now. Change who you are. Reinvent the wheel for yourself. Start cleaning the glass. Focus on just rebounding. You get those rebounds and don't let no those hustle points, all of that. Nobody's going to out outshine you. Nobody's going to out-hustle me. That's, that has to be your mentality. It's a loose ball. I don't care if you up the tunnel. You running on the floor, sliding, trying to get, get a hold of it and save it. These are the things that need to be done. 
this team does not have the luxury of having a prima donna. They don't have the luxury of having a superstar because, in my opinion, Bradley Bill is not a superstar. He's a star, but not a superstar. And he has to rely on the guys around him to elevate, to help elevate the team. And there's nothing wrong with that because this is a team game. You have to elevate. And if they're going to elevate, they start with Bill, Porzingis, and Kuzma. And Kuzma, he, he, his comments and what he's done, and I was looking at his numbers against the Nets, 8 of 21, 4 for 10, three point shooting. Against the Clippers, he was, th- he had 35 and 12, 14 of 27. He's getting the shots, but he's not knocking down half the shots he's getting most of the time. Right. 27 points against the Pacers, 9 for 20, 4 for 9 from three point, 8 for 18 against the Bulls with 21 points. He's, he, he's scoring. But it's taking too long to score. 10 for 25 back on the 30th against the Nets. He had 25 points, but you missed 15 shots, bro. You were two of eight. You're six foot nine. That's unexcusable. Now, that makes me want to see what what the hell Bradley Beal is getting. Because if Bradley Beal's not getting those type of shots, I'm upset. Because Bradley Beal has has a great week of the nights. Brad's been out with the hamstring. Yeah, he's been out the last three games. Oh. Last three games. And, okay, he only played three minutes against the Lakers back on the fourth. The last time Bill played any substantial minutes was December 2nd. 40 right. minutes, 33 points against the Hornets, 12 or 24, two for eight from three point. And that's the, the Achilles heel of the Wizards right there as well, the three-point shooting. And I'm looking. Oh, I, think three, I think it's the free throw now. Bradley Bill. From the 25th, and it's just Bill. And Bill's a decent three-point shooter. This is why it's baffling to me. He's a he's a pretty damn good three-point shooter. I'll take Bill from three over a lot of people. Um, four for seven back on November 25th against the Heat. Against the Celtics, 0 for three. One for four against against the Timberwolves. One for six against the Nets. Two for eight. See, see, you can't shoot me. You can't shoot me numbers when it comes to three-point shooting because I'm a believer in especially the way basketball is played now. Like, I think sometimes guys give you shots because they've tried their way and then it didn't work. And now you bailing them out. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's more, it's more difficult to hit a bailout three than to hit the three in rhythm. And so I, I always question those scenarios when it comes to, to teams, because I think sometimes, certain guys will sit there and they'll dribble the, the air out of the basketball. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I can't get my move. Here, shoot. And it's like eight, like four seconds left. So you don't have the room to, to make that work. And, 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 that. and that's also part of this, like them trying to fix things too. Because again, like I said about college basketball, it works the same in the NBA. Like we're talking about October, November, December basketball, when we're still feeling out and trying to figure out who we are. And I think that's the biggest problem with the Wizards. The Wizards don't know who they are. They don't have an identity yet, and they haven't figured out that identity. And once they get an identity, then it's going to be easier for us as fans um, or fans of the city to sit back and watch this team play basketball because now we understand what we're trying to do. And I think that's the biggest part of the, their problems is I don't when I watch them, one night they want to shoot the three. Another night they want to go pick and roll um, on the offensive end. Some nights they want to do this. 
But the problem for them is a they, they turn the ball over, especially now, um, in the last two weeks. And then the other part of it is they don't hit free throws. Well, as always, we want to yes, see sir. a win. So we got to wrap this thing up. Um, <laughs> in the wrap up. So we got new NBA trophies. I don't agree with all of them. Sue me if you want. You know, you can hit the, the DMs if you like. Uh, so the new MVP trophy is one of six trophies named, renamed trophies unveiled by the NBA today. The new MVP trophy is called the Michael Jordan trophy. Don't agree with that. Don't agree with that. Because Hold you're on. a historian. Hold on. No, no, that's the historian. Yeah, I didn't know what you were going to say. Kareem yeah. had more. Yes. And I, okay, we got the Bill Russell Award. Boom. That's the finals MVP. Greatest winner of, of NBA history. Greatest winner of all time is Bill Russell. Finals MVP, Bill Russell Award. Love it. Always loved it. Damn, it just it just dawned on me. He's not going to be there to present the award this year. Mm. Sorry, man. Damn. Uh, they also created a new award called the Jerry West Player Player uh, the Jerry West Trophy for the player considered the most clutch of the season. The Clutch Player of the Year will be given to the NBA player who best comes through for his teammates in the clutch. The what? The Jerry West Trophy is is considered the the most. It, it, let me read this. The, the, most clutch? the the Jerry West Trophy for the player considered the most clutch of the season. The Clutch Player of the Year award. Okay. Uh, as well as um, the other four trophies are the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy for Defensive Player of the Year. Love the dream. Don't think the Defensive Player of the Year trophy should have been named after him. Uh, the Wilt Chamberlain Trophy for the Rookie of the Year. I can get Is it. Is that the I one? Can... Never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Never mind. One that I do agree with is the trophy for the sixth man of the year, named after the greatest sixth man of all time, Hondo John Havlicek. That's one I agree with. Uh, the And finally, the George Mikan trophy for the most improved player of the year. I don't know why you would name a most improved player after George Mikan. I think you gotta, you're placating errors. Like I think they tried to layer it out in the errors um enough that everybody got some rep- representation i can dig that. Um, but i don't i think that that defensive player the, of the year the, trophy the pose, should have been the kimbe matumbo the pose of the michael jordan trophy i wasn't sure about i like all the other intricacies of it the 23 and the 16 and 6 and blah 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 and blah, blah, blah. but um i don't know i felt like i felt underwhelmed by this reveal because i feel like we're trying to like make people happy in the process and um and i think it all started when they named i think it's the the all-star mvps the kobe Bryant. so once you went down that road i felt like we had to take care of everybody else and make everybody else feel some kind of way about these new awards and the kareem abdul jabbar award is the social justice award that's the the nba's new award for social justice and if kyrie irvin does not win that award this year he won't he won't it's a, it's a travesty and what's crazy is i'm with that with kareem but 
No, no, but because my wife said it, if you say but everything you say after but is bullshit. Mm. Kareem Kareem should have the, the the MVP trophy. I can see him with the social social justice. I just certain awards. If I got more awards on my trophy case than you got, and they name it the Midnight Rider MVP Trophy Award, and I got nine MVPs and you only got seven, I think I should have that. But that's just me. That's no, no, no. Me. I think, see, I think we get caught up. Not we get caught up, but I think the way the media operates now, they get caught up in having to placate or satisfy people's egos. Um, and so what the social justice award was to placate not naming the MVP after Kareem. And there's also the modern, see, they're also playing the modern heartstrings because you just, LeBron's the guy that's right now. I mean, not LeBron, I'm sorry, Michael, Mike is the guy right now. And so by having Mike and having all Mike because everybody is like, they want to be like Mike, you know, Mike is the GOAT, he's the black cat, all that stuff, um, that all matters right now. Well, it's their it's their media thing. I'm just, yeah, man. You 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 called him the black cat. No, no, you know what he told Reggie Miller. Black Jesus. He said, "Don't you ever talk to black Jesus like that." But see, when you say black Jesus, the first person I think about is Earl Monroe. Exactly. But long before the media started calling him black Jesus, he was just known as Jesus on the court. Exactly. So, see, I got a little historian. I got a little. Oh, bit. You know believe me. See, my 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 uncle. He he was like, man. You think what he did down in West say he said, Man, I saw him on the street. So, like, I didn't know about Baltimore basketball players. So my uncle was like, Yeah, he was like, them dudes that went to Dunbar. He was like, Muggsy Bogues. He said Muggsy could dunk. Muggsy didn't have to dunk because he could handle the rock. Oh, uh, 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 who was it? Um Reggie Williams, uh, uh, uh Reggie Lewis, Wingate. Wingate, all of those. He was like, them dudes could ball. He was like, when I say ball, they was a tough out on the court. And they was in high school. He was like, I'm grown. And we used to have to put them off the court. We had to we had to put a five together to put them off the court because they played so well together. Two-time national champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I know they won state titles. Undefeated team. That's all I'm gonna say. But I, so, I yeah, look I, at this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I look at this and uh I get where you're going with it. And the Social Justice Champion Awards, uh, it's only been around since 2021. So it's only been around a year. They gave it away 2021 to Carmelo Anthony. 21-22 was Reggie Bullock. So you have the, the other awards. Uh, of course, you got the Larry O'Brien Championship, the Bob Cousy Trophy for the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Eastern and Western Conference, cha- hold on. Who's the Western Conference one? Uh, no, no, you got uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are those, right? Those are individual ones, yeah. Of course, and those those are the first ones to come out this year. And you have the Hustle Award, and that I didn't even know that was an award. That's they have the Hustle Award, and I, I said, well, why not name that the Dennis, Dennis Rodman, Rodman Award? <laughs> name that the Dennis Rodman Award. Yeah, don't know if that actually works. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's 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 some PC that we have to take care of. In the process of naming some of these awards, I just feel that the Kimbe Matumbo should have got Defensive Player of the Year. He won four 95, 97, 98, and 2001. He won four. 
Ben Wallace is the only other person to win four. And I just I just feel that that should have been the Dikembe Mutombo Award. Just okay. I, not even the Georgetown thing, no slight against Hakeem Olajuwon. I just feel that sometimes guys don't get the shine because, oh, well, he, he was a plumber. He, he was a butcher. He was this. He was that. I don't want to hear that, man. If you didn't watch him play, you can't say, oh, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. I watched Dikembe play. I watched Dikembe's whole college career. I watched his whole NBA career. I digress. Well, we done way, went way over our time. Way, way over our time. I tried to um, keep you in line, man. Ah, it's hard. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back on Thursday to break down Thursday night football, uh, as well as maybe talk some more commanders. Hopefully. I think there'll be something tomorrow. I'm sure there will. It's always yeah. something. So exactly. until <laughs> until next time. That's the midnight ride. I'm the big guy, KG. We did some overtime tonight, so but we out of here. All right. <laughs>